Hey, thank you for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast. Today, we're talking about something a little messy, and that is liberties and convictions within a Christian's life. What are those things that we have to just be really firm in and take a stand in with our convictions? And what are those things that we can exercise some freedom in, some liberty in? And how do we as Christians, as the church, live in unity and in love through our different liberties and our different convictions? How do we seek to honor God through all of this? So that's what we're talking about today, and we pray that this conversation is helpful for you. So let's get into it. Nate, I realized when I asked you to do this episode that I combined two of your most big and robust articles into one conversation. Big and robust. Yeah, those are... are, uh, Full-bodied. Yes. (laughs) Stout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realize we're going to be talking about a lot of different kinds of stuff, probably, and that this might be a conversation that bleeds into another episode, potentially. I'm not sure. But I thought we could just kind of take this as it goes and see how far we get and kind of maybe... Maybe this could be more of like an overview where we get into some specifics, but it doesn't have to be exhaustive. Yeah, I mean, considering that to be exhaustive, and I don't even think I was exhaustive when I taught through this with the church, but I think it was three weeks to get through the passage that we're going to chat about today. That's right, from Romans, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Romans 14 and 15. Right. Yeah, so if you're listening to this at calvary.com, you can go back to the archives of teachings, and Nate has taught through this book of Romans and touched on liberties, convictions, and love there. But today, we're kind of jumping into these two articles that are kind of almost like excerpted out of that Mm -hmm. Bible study. Yeah, totally. And uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool. I mean, I know you just taught this too, but I thought maybe it'd be cool just to hear what your heart was in teaching this passage and why you chose to uh, write these articles. Yeah, so I think in uh, in teaching it my heart was uh you know manifold in the sense that you know one i wanted i have a passion to teach the bible Amen. so we came to that section <laughs> in romans so that Get was part it. of my heart for it was that mm-hmm. god has spoken and we are reading and studying and going verse by verse through this book that he's given to us right uh but i think part of the reason that i wanted to and like i said i, I don't really feel like i took a ton of time in going through mm-hmm. it because it really is a big chapter it and then is, it bleeds yeah. into chapter 15. So it's not like we breezed through it or anything mm-hmm. like that. But part of the reason why I wanted to spend a decent amount of time explaining it and wrestling with it is because uh, Paul seems to have had a vision when he wrote it of what love looks like mm-hmm. in Christianity in a multicultural, multi-generational church yeah because because that's what you would have found in the roman church so this was a group that was different from maybe a church that would be like in the church in jerusalem where uh, the backgrounds the childhoods of the people that were in the church were very similar to Mm -hmm. each other and the church in rome you'd have people from every economic background uh, every race every class Mm -hmm. uh, obviously both genders all types of different experiences in life and things that they felt comfortable with, uncomfortable Mm. with. 
And I think Paul just looked at them and he had a he had a vision. I think it excited him to think yeah. about the church in Rome, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that for him, when he unpacked, studied, taught the gospel message, I think to him there was like this electric, beautiful thing, probably especially in the backdrop or or with the backdrop of his pre-existent Judaism, right. where yeah, everything totally. was the same. Everyone mm-hmm. thought the same. Everyone acted the same. And 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 I mean, not exactly the same. You did have the Sadducees and Pharisees, and there were some, you know, differences. But coming right. from the same bedrock, the mm-hmm. same foundation, and then for him to look into Rome and see this crazy <laughs> mess of humanity, yeah. and yeah. to go, but the church in there, there can be this really cool thing that is happening in your midst. But if you guys start to get hung up on some of these second, not even secondary, hmm. I don't even think they're tertiary, you know, third. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's like they're just, they're just these extra things mm-hmm. that sometimes people can get caught up on. Yeah. It's not even making a secondary thing a primary thing. It's taking something that isn't even really a thing and making it into a primary thing. Hmm. And I think he looked at the church in Rome and he thought, I just don't want you guys to get caught up in that because this beautiful painting of God's grace hmm. there in Rome is so yeah. powerful. And I think he just had such a vision for it. So once I started kind of, um, you know, just thinking... Like, I think that's what he was seeing. Yeah. It just made me excited about that for our fellowship and mm. for, you know, other fellowships as well, you know, yeah. because it's a real challenge, you know, and if we don't, if we, if we can't do that right, then what we'll end up having is uh, we'll have to be in churches where everyone in our church uh, eats the same way, mm. drinks the same way, yeah. listens to the same music, dresses the same way, raises our children the exact same way, educates our children the exact same way, votes the exact same way. Mm. Everything yeah. is going to be so same. And and then at the end, we call it, you know, unity. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Paul had, a, had vision for a, a more powerful yeah. unity than that. That's really good. It kind of highlights just the uh the importance of living together and valuing each other each other's faith in the way that each person follows god and i know that we have to be rooted in scripture and in the gospel truth that we read in scripture but how beautiful that there's just different expressions within that faith so when we're talking about liberties and conviction nate me can kind of help us break that down just so we kind of know exactly what we're talking about. And you explained it a little bit already, but what are we talking about when we're talking about liberty? And what are we talking about when we're talking about convictions? What are the differences between those two things? Yeah, so in in Romans 14, the really big verse is verse 13. Hmm. Because really, I mean, it's it's a long passage, like I keep saying, but there's really just two basic exhortations, Hmm. and they all are found in verse 13. He says there, therefore, let us not pass judgment on another on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance mm. in the way of a brother. Yeah. So the two exhortations are, number one, don't pass judgment any longer. And then number two, don't put a stumbling block. Don't, don't hinder someone else's walk, someone else's faith. Right. And when he's saying this, he is not talking about 
Bible stuff. And that's, mm. that's you know, if, if you were to come to me and say, hey, I feel I have a liberty to smoke weed, I would, you know, begin to push back on that right. with Scripture to say that that isn't in the realm the same, yeah. of liberties. Mm-hmm. That, that's, not a, that's not something that you can either have a conviction about or not have a conviction about. That is something that Scripture, as you just do some simple wrestling with it, you can come to a conclusion mm. to determine that is not right. Uh, but when it came to, like Paul talked about, uh, sp- specific days for worship or you know times that mm-hmm. th- this is going to be a time for uh, maybe it was Sabbath or something like that, and then he talked also about the eating of meat and the other times he talks about that in the New Testament, uh, he's addressing two different situations one being uh the the person who's been liberated from judaism and now has a right or a freedom to be able to partake of meat and yeah. so they they don't have that conviction they have a freedom they have a liberty uh whereas then the person on the other side of that might say you know i know i'm free but i still have a mm-hmm. conviction about it I don't have that freedom. I'm, I don't have that liberty. And then the other time that he talked about the eating of meat was for people who uh, were eating meat that had potentially been previously sacrificed That's to right. a pagan god. Mm-hmm. And Paul said, you know, the, we understand that that meat, it, it, those gods are nothing, those idols are nothing. But if someone is in front of you and says, hey, this meat may have been mm-hmm. sacrificed to idols, he said, you know, for the sake of the conscience of the people that are around there, you should abstain at yeah. that at that moment. So we're talking about areas that are, I, I mean, I hesitate to even use the phrase gray areas hmm. because uh, I, I accept that phrase when it comes to these are areas where the Bible is, is silent where okay. we, we don't, it's this isn't black and white told to us, this is how we need to live. Hmm. But I don't like the phrase gray areas from the standpoint that I think a lot of people have taken that and then abused it and said, well, hmm. you know, it's not abundantly clear. Right. Like, like right. the example I used earlier, there's no verse that says that thou shalt not smoke marijuana, so I think this is a gray area. It's like with just you're you're supposed to do a little bit of work with the mm-hmm. Bible. That's true. So you, you yeah. do a little bit of work mm-hmm. and you figure out. Look, you know all the things we've talked about before. Yeah. We're not having the marijuana podcast right now. <laughs> you know um, that was a previous episode. Check the archive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know I, that's part of why I hesitate to use right. the phrase gray area because I think people will then take that label and slap it on you know anything well I don't really have a conviction to uh, follow or submit to my husband that I feel like that's a gray area you know mm. it's like no it's not you know that's that, <laughs> yeah. that's not an area of liberty or conviction mm. so you know there could be a ton of things though that do fall into that category right, the bible doesn't right. tell me exactly how I'm to dress. Hmm. Uh, so, but there are some things that I know. You know, I, I know that there's a sense of modesty right, that a right. believer is supposed to have. That's taught to me in scripture. I, I know that a believer is to have a, an element of self control and not being a greedy person. Right. So I, there's, there's some kind of line out there, but there's no verse that tells me that um, 10 pair of shoes is acceptable right, in God's right. sight, but 11, 
that has now crossed the line. Mm -hmm. So there's this sense in which believers need to personally be able to go to God mm -hmm. and bring these some of these liberties and convictions uh, to the Lord. And this is really hard for people. Yeah, because oh, if somebody totally. does come to that conviction and say, you know, I, I have this sense that God only wants me to purchase clothes that I believe are going to last 10 years in the fashion world and, mm -hmm. and that, you know, aren't going to cause me to stick out like a sore thumb if I wear them 10 years later. But that's my conviction mm -hmm. and that's what I'm going to do. You know, there's plenty of people that would celebrate that and rejoice over that. Yeah. There are plenty of people who would feel bad about themselves because of someone mm. else's conviction. And that's not right. Um, yeah. and, and then there would be plenty of other people who say, oh, that's your rule. That's now going to be my rule instead mm. of being their own servant of the Lord and going oh, to wow. him and saying, okay, God, I want to bring to you all these different elements, elements of my life, my diet, mm. uh, my clothing, the way I raise my children, yeah. uh, you know, all of this stuff that is not specifically laid down for me in scripture. Mm. And there's a lot that the Bible does lay down for us, but those things right. that are not, you know, given to us in that black and white kind of sense after mm. we study it and wrestle with it to, to be able to say, okay, now I have to go to the Lord and find out where are some convictions that I have in my heart mm. and where are some liberties that, that I'm able to express? Yeah, that's really helpful. And kind of thinking about that, it sounds like what you're saying is not maybe even bringing like a checklist before God and saying, what should I do with my clothes? What should I do with my food? What should I do with my money? But maybe it's more about asking God to like maybe give us some wisdom as we're living out our lives and to bring those convictions into our hearts as we're living? Would you kind of say it like that? Or is it better to, I guess, in the area of just like coming to the place of these are my convictions, these are my liberties, um, should we bring kind of like a checklist to God and say, what do you, what do you want me to do with all this? Should I, mm. should I be drinking? Should I be um, eating this much? Whatever. Or is it kind of like just asking God, like, can you like help me sort through this as I'm living yeah, my life? That's a good question. It's a, and part of the reason why that's a great question is because when we frame some of these types of areas and mm -hmm. you know I I wrote down just like a laundry list, you know, television, <laughs> beer or wine, working on Sundays, body mm -hmm. art, musical preferences, yeah. fashion, politics, how we spend our money, environmentalism, parenting styles, Jewish practices applied in Christianity, video games, <laughs> singleness calling, yeah. diet, exercise. You know, a lot of these different things, uh, if we take the approach, which, and this is what we so often do, mm -hmm. if we take the approach, I need to figure out what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. If I take that approach, then I might at age 30 land on, okay, I, I, I am convinced mm -hmm. as this is what is right and this is what is wrong. And then at age 40, I might now look at it and say you know mm -hmm. I, I don't think i was actually right about that i think yeah. i was being pretty obtuse and you know uh strong-willed about that particular subject i had an end that i wanted to land on yeah. and i found a way to land on that's that good. on that thing and say that's the way that it should be mm. and and but then the downside of that is that what ends up being produced, I think, is an unwillingness to walk with God through yeah. through life. Mm -hmm. Because 
he can there can be areas in your life that you have no trouble with you feel you you're not even conscious of it necessarily and then Mm -hmm. at some point a conviction comes into your heart or at some point a liberty comes into your life Mm -hmm. and will you have the ability to be free enough in christ to be able to act out that liberty or conviction or mm. and, and you won't be able to if your whole mission in life is to find out the the black and white about every single one of these mm. subjects and try to come to that kind of conclusion mm. again if there's no conclusion to come to right yeah scripturally in the yeah, bible of course yeah that's good could you uh maybe give us an example of how that's kind of played out in your life has there been like maybe a a liberty that you've kind of come up to to where you you've said in your heart and before god this is like i can express this there's freedom in it god has given me grace to kind of operate in this i'm not you know what i mean is yeah, totally anything like that yeah there's been a lot of different things like that and i think a lot of it is connected to because uh well a lot of it's connected to let me finish my sentence before i start <laughs> the next one a lot of it is connected to growing i think in christ yeah uh, where there were, because in the passage, you might remember Romans 14, mm-hmm. it's, it kind of grates against us a little bit, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if we have the convictions about stuff, because what Paul lays down in that chapter is that the one with the convictions is actually the weaker brother. Right. And mm-hmm. the one who realizes, look, this is not an, an issue. This is not a big deal in the mm-hmm. sight of God. Uh, and I have a liberty here that I'm willing to lay down uh, at mm-hmm. times in order to not bring a brother or sister into sin because Mm -hmm. for them if they were to do this thing it would violate their conscience kind of the humorous example that i gave is if someone has a conviction uh not to own a cat and (laughs) like that's their conviction that owning cats is wrong Mm -hmm. and then someone else has a liberty for it you know and then you know that your friend with the conviction is coming over like what are you going to do you know you you want to lay down that liberty for yeah. a little while for your friend and to be sensitive you know to their totally. lives and and hearts and the stumbling of them and i really tried to in the second teaching i gave on this yeah. i really tried to work hard to define what stumbling is because it's it's not offense it's not i have a problem right. with that what stumbling means is that you are bringing that person into the activity that they mm-hmm. are convicted about that they don't have to be convicted about biblically but they are convicted about it and so what paul says is if they do it to them it is sin so to stumble them means that you are bringing them into that thing that they have a conviction about hey Mm. you should own a cat too i should yeah you should there's no problem with it really yeah there's no problem with it okay i'll own a cat and now I'm living with a sense of mm, guilt because yeah. I have defiled the conscience that I had. My conscience was more sensitive than the Bible. Mm. The Bible doesn't say that I can't own a cat, right? But that conviction is there, and mm. I should not have crossed, you know, that line. Yeah. Uh, but then, when when you mature, Ray Steadman makes this point. He says, you know, as you mature in Christ, sometimes there will be something that you had a conviction about before that now you realize oh, actually the. The Bible doesn't teach that I'm not allowed to own mm. a cat. I don't know where that conviction came from. I don't know where I got that idea. And so, as a as mm. a as a almost a, almost in a way to celebrate the gospel, I'm gonna buy a cat. You know, to mm. to just rejoice over what Christ <laughs> has done. Like yeah. that doesn't matter to God. So 
Um, but yeah, there have been lots of areas like that. You know, I remember um, when Christina and I first had children, um, you know, we chose a very specific style of uh, parenting for those mm. early years of um, having babies. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just never, our kids never slept with us in the bed. Um, we just weren't about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always put them in a bassinet at first in our room. We had them on a schedule. And then eventually the whole goal was to get them into their own rooms and out of our mm-hmm. room. And, you know, honestly, that happened, I think, like on a curve in mm-hmm. our culture. It happened pretty quick in our lives. And I, I felt it was rather nice uh, <laughs> because, hey, you know, like, the marriage bed is undefiled and <laughs> it was great to just have my wife to yeah, myself. And, right. you know, I, I, it was really nice to be, you know, we, I felt like earlier than lots of people, we were able to sleep through the night. And so mm. were our children. I felt like they were happier and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, I remember really kind of feeling like, look, you know, the Bible says that the two become one flesh and the, mm. the whole, you know, relationship that you've got to preserve and protect more than anything else is the husband wife marital relationship and that's true Mm -hmm. but I would take it a step further at that time of my life I took it a step further and I thought so it's just not right for you to ever have your your children in Mm -hmm. the sleeping in the bed with you that's not right that was your conviction that was my that was like my conviction Mm -hmm. I and I started well what it was was like I thought like that it wasn't a conviction it was like that's black and white that's that's Mm -hmm. what the bible would say and you know it's pretty ignorant because what you're doing in something like that is you're ignoring like all the other cultures in the world you're ignoring the way families have existed for Mm -hmm. you know generations you're ignoring so much and so many of people's can can things that should be convictions that they say this is right or wrong that's what it is it's just americanism you're thinking of it only from the prism and the angle from that you're living in so but yeah it should have just been like no you know if that's what you have a liberty to do then that's great but i Mm. just don't have that liberty this is my conviction yeah but uh but over time even though you know, that would still be my personal conviction now. Uh, I've come to realize, but people do have a liberty to be able to do that if mm. that's if that's what they want to do. There, there are plenty of ways to honor and love the sanctity of the marriage, preserve the one mm-hmm. fleshness that a husband and wife has together. And, you know, so now what I end up telling, you know, young couples that are getting ready to have children is, you know, I'll tell them, yeah, this is what we did, you know, and if you're curious about how we did it, you know, I, I could point you to in a direction and give you some materials to help you. Yeah. But there is another perspective on this, and there is a, a, a way that people think that's mm. different than this, and you have every right to do that. And if you're if you don't have this conviction and you have that liberty and that's what you want to do, then that's fine. And the main thing that I just tell them is, as a husband and wife, the main thing is you just have to be in agreement together because mm-hmm. I know that the Bible does teach that, that you guys need to be on the same page together, that this should not just be a decision that one spouse makes mm-hmm. that the other spouse just has to kind of go along with, but that you should both be together, especially the husband actually being involved in the process as yeah. the head of his house and leading his marriage and family. Mm-hmm. You know, he should be involved in that process and not just a bystander or a passenger kind of along for the ride. Right. And so I just kind of encourage people in that way. And then whatever outcome they come to, 
I've come to a place of being able to say, I'm fine with that. You know, I'm mm. cool with that. That's not something that has to be a black and white kind of issue. It can be yeah. a liberty or conviction in someone's life. Mm. I don't know if that helps you, but yeah, that really does. Kind of a, mm. That was a good example too. I feel like that hits on a lot of different kind of things that we've talked about in the past and we'll talk about in the future. But what I really love about that is that there's a, um, I don't know what you call it. Would you say maybe there's like an ease to that? Like when there's like a liberty, there's like a, or maybe like an openness to somebody else living in a different kind of way. And there's no um, division maybe, but it seems like there's just like There's a openness. chill. Yeah, a chill. That's what I was going to say. But it just seems like it's a lot more yeah, chill, there, there's a chill cool. that there's yeah. a chill that definitely comes. I mean, the the points that I tried to make, f- drawing out of Romans fourteen verse one through thirteen, mm-hmm. these are these are the points. Welcome varying Christian convictions. Mm. Number two, God changes people, not us. Oh man, that preaches. <laughs> number uh, number three, God regards their convictions mm. as for Him. Yeah. So, you know, what Paul teaches there in 14, verse 5 to 9, is that when someone has a conviction, that is a conviction that now he regards it as like worship to him. Wow. And so, yeah. like, you don't, you don't mess with that. Yeah. You, know, you, don't, you don't try to change that. That's good. And then God is the judge in these matters, not us. Hmm. And so the conclusion, cease judging. So I think if you just think about all those points from the first half of Romans 14, yeah, yeah you would really... You would really, uh, I think chill would be a good word. <laughs> you know, yeah. like one of the examples Paul gives in that passage is these are God's servants. You know, they're not your servants. Mm. So it's the master who says whether his servant did a good job or a bad job. Yeah. It's not It's not my job mm. to, to take care of that. So, you know, that's important. I think it's important to be able to develop that in our hearts. Now, certainly, you know, when you, you're in friendship, you're in community with other believers, you have people, right. you know, that are in, in your life. These are things that you might want to, you know, talk about and try to yeah. grow, grow in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really not talking about areas, though, that the Bible is saying like, hey, look, this is what you want to pursue. This is what you want to look like. This is what you want to mm-hmm. be like. Again, it's just those like, think about that crazy, you know, Roman culture, everybody coming in and all these yeah. different you know, nationalities and all these different people, you know, gathered together, there just had to be some things that you would say, like, I just don't think I need to speak in to that. I think I just Mm -hmm. need to let them go to the Lord, pray about it, think about it. It doesn't seem to be an area that the Bible is Mm -hmm. uh, being clear, has been clear about. And so we just need to uh, go to the, go to the Lord and find out, God, how would you have me live this Mm -hmm. life that you put in front of me? That's good. Again, and I keep I keep trying to repeat and say because I don't yeah. want anybody to hear something I'm not saying. I keep trying to repeat and say like the Bible's a really big book. There's a lot in there. There's a lot that <laughs> yeah, we can discover is. and learn and mm-hmm. figure out about how to grow and develop and stuff like that. And hopefully, as you're staying in the Word, your liberties and your convictions get sharper and sharper, yeah. and you start realizing like uh, this is an area that I, that I've been convicted about for whatever reason. I need to let it go. Or here's an area I thought I had a conviction. Now I'm seeing it's not just something I'm convicted about. That's actually biblical. So I want to mm. live in that direction. Or here's an area that God's grace has touched. And I, I don't need to worry about that, make such a big deal about that. I heard a guy the other day mm. make the comment about the Christian school that he grew up in. And they were like so anti-dancing. That oh, was like yeah. their big thing, you know. Totally. And, and yeah. uh, the way that he spun it is he said, <laughs> you know, they were really worried about 
premarital sex because they thought it might lead to dancing. You know, like that, that was that was the way that that he put it. You Whoa. know, it was just obviously yeah. they didn't want premarital sex right. either. You know, right. but it was like the way that it was spun was just yes. like yes. this is not allowed you know kind of mm. thing and it's like well you know it's okay to have a conviction and again i'm not even it, paul's talking about individual believers yes uh, organizations right. like bible colleges and christian schools you know they have to make decisions like these for the group right and kind of say like look this is going to be our group conviction mm. that we have uh, but, but you know it's just something to watch out for because you know the, yeah. the pharisees what the pharisees did is they it's not like they didn't love the bible they love the bible but they were so paranoid about making sure that they kept it that they decided to create a ring outside of the Bible. And mm-hmm. so the, the the Bible, because they wanted to keep the Bible, which we should all want, it was a right. beautiful desire. Yeah. But in order to keep the Bible, they said, let's make a big ring around the Bible. And so those commandments of men, those will be the things that if we keep those, then we'll know that we are going to keep the Bible. Right. And... Um, you know, so I'm always very careful about that. I, I actually used to say that from time to time, not that exact thing, like in quoting the Pharisees. <laughs> but I used to talk about like, hey, look, if if the if the line is here, yeah, and God says like, don't cross this line, then what you want to do is you want to back up five, ten steps, and you want to draw mm-hmm. a new line just to yeah. make sure, like, you don't want to get That's even good. close to that thing. And it kind of sounds good, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's do that. That's wisdom. Yeah. But you have to make sure that you're not entering into a pharisaical thing because yeah, that's what they right? did. They yeah, said, totally. there's God's that's thing. True. Let's that's back true. up 10 steps. Let's draw a line. Let's make sure. Mm. So you just have to really you know, watch out because there's going to be some areas that you, for instance, you might have a conviction about. And maybe part of the reason that you have a conviction about that is because you know, you might even know, I'm technically free in Christ to do this thing. But given my history, yeah. given my family, given my flesh and just where I know I'm at, I really think that I'll get into some trouble if I if I allow that, I just don't know where it's gonna go. Mm. And so I don't I don't just don't wanna touch it. Whereas another person, you know, Chesley, she might be, mm-hmm. you know, as your wife, she might just say like, that's not I'm not even close to wanting to do some of the things that might be behind that thing right. for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's a liberty that I can express, you know, mm-hmm. in my own life, because it's not even it's not even close to going into the sin mm-hmm. realm, you know, for me. Yeah. So again, it just takes a lot of that, you know, prayer and continual conversation, and and um, really going to God, letting Him be the the leader of your life. But of course, I mean, the best example in all of this, as Paul goes into Romans 15 and he talks about Jesus, mm-hmm. who I love that. you know, there were times where he's like legalism. I'm gonna attack that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buckle. Yeah. I'm not going to say like, oh, that's just your conviction. He he pointed the finger and said, that's stupid. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, he totally lowered himself. But yeah. The point that Paul makes in Romans 15, it's just so amazing, because he basically lays out this case for showing us that what Jesus really wanted is he wanted the Gentiles. He wanted everybody. He wanted all of humanity. That's what he wanted. But to get it, to get all of humanity, he submitted himself Mm. to the Jewish way, the Jewish mindset, to Judaism. He took on not only a human body, but a Jewish body and Mm. took on Judaism. All of that, he took that on for himself, even though he knew full well 
we are going to a destination where we're going to explode all of this so that we can reach you know the, wow. the whole world jew and gentile alike this system is passing away a new system is coming in the church is going to be inaugurated and so that's what Paul teaches in Romans 15 is that that's what Jesus wanted so much, yet he didn't come saying like, I'm about Gentiles and this is, this right. you know, you got to be done with this. He said, mm-hmm. I'm going to lower myself to that. And, and Paul was using that as an example of times where we would say, I'll, I'll even deny myself a liberty for somebody else yeah, so good. that I can reach them and, and love them and care for them. So... You know, there's liberties, there's convictions, and then there's just love, you know, just laying down your own stuff, you know, for somebody else. Hmm. And again, like I keep saying, it's for somebody else um, so that you don't bring them into sin. Right. Uh, You know, I mean, you went to to Bible college, the same Bible Mm -hmm. college I went to, great great school, but I remember hearing, you know, in that context all the time, just like, that stumbles me. And yeah. that stumbles yeah, me, me too. and yeah. that stumbles mm-hmm. me, brother, that t-shirt you're wearing, it stumbles me. And what nobody ever meant when they said that was that t-shirt, um, if I were to wear it, it would be a crossing of a line for me, a mm-hmm. conviction that I have that would be crossing the line. Now, when you wear it in front of me, what it's doing to me is it's making me want to go buy one myself and put it on my own body. You stumbled me. No one's ever saying that. Right. What they're saying right. is, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that you feel the liberty to wear that. I don't like that. And I don't like is not a synonym for stumbling right. in I'm Romans 14. That. Yeah. yeah. So what he's talking about, though, is bringing somebody into a conviction, saying, like, here, hold, take my hand. Let's go into this area that, you know, you, you don't feel right about it, but you should feel right about it. And so I'm going to have you do it. That's not for you to do. If the Lord ever takes their hand and does that, great, right. but not you. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.